Welcome to Getting Intimate with CX, brought to you by Brandhook and distributed through the CMO magazine. We're doing a lot of listening. I think, if anything, we need to do more. And it's about how we now start to invite them in and give them access. There's a number of initiatives we're looking at about how we give them a future look. We're quite an old brand relative, and therefore we've got quite a strong core. Now we're going to work on how we actually allow them to have a point of view. Hi, I'm Pip Stocks, and I'm your host for Getting Intimate with CX, an 11-part series about what makes a great customer experience and how brands in Australia are getting intimate to do that. My guest for this episode is Cole Kennedy. He's the General Manager of Brand and Customer Experience at Country Road. he has buckets of retail experience, having worked at Cotton On and Target here in Australia, and Walt Disney in the UK. Welcome. Thank you. Is retail uh, pretty much like working in kids' entertainment? Uh, in many <laughs> ways, yeah. It's a little, it can be a little bit crazy and lots of stuff happening at the same time, but yeah, I suppose it's not, it's not a bad analogy. <laughs> That's how you got the gig. Um, so we're going to ask you the same seven questions, which we ask everybody, um, and we've got some incredible insights actually. We, I think we're going to, I'm starting to muse over whether I should put this into a book, but anyway, we'll, we'll work that out later. Um, so the first one is, when was the last time you had a great customer experience and who was it with? The, first, uh, the last time, sorry, I had a really good customer experience actually probably was, um, uh, I'm just trying to remember, with, with Nike actually and just the care and attention of wanting to make sure I had a, what I needed as I walked in and out of that store, was I being served very well, they didn't have my size, how they were going to get it, what they told me and, and, and the time frames and how they were going to look after me in that space. And then just the journey they took me on as I was walking around that store, the story, etc. So they, they, what I liked is they'd really weaved the, both the service of what that team member could do he was fully um, technology enabled it didn't need to go to the um, cash wrap or till or whatever you you call that area of the store they just could come in and uh, and help me stood looking at the trainers yeah right so was it was it was it the ease of it or was it the fact that he tried to get to know you Uh, a bit of both more the ease um Predominantly, but a bit of both. You know that level of friendliness, listening. What are you after? Not pushy. Like would have walked away if I wasn't needing that level of assistance. But it was, it was the whole. They didn't have what I needed, and how they were going to sort that out and make it absolutely seamless. And therefore, I'd walk out extremely happy, and they'll have made the sale at the same time, but mm. didn't feel like that transaction. Mm. Okay. So, what do you think in general does make a great customer experience? Is it just simplicity, or is there something else? I think it's a a level of simplicity linked with a a team member enabled and able to look after you in any sense of the world. Um, You you get a lot about, uh, in the last few years, about how you digitise a store. Mm. I've had this conversation, I can't tell you how many times, about you know, how do you make a store digital? And most uh, references will be, or where do you put the screens? How do you put screens in? Where do the screens go? And for me, it's nothing about how you digitize in that sense. It's about the team member, the person who's who's that person in that store, who owns that relationship. How do you use digital to empower them, to Mm. just give them all the tools in the world um, to go and deliver the best experience and help that customer? The 
prior to the Nike experience, the, the, another great store was Topshop in, in Oxford Street in London. The first time I'd ever experienced this where the girl I was with, um, Tamika, and the girl had an iPad with her and just huge store and was able to navigate it and got everything we needed within five minutes. Yeah, right, and it was amazing. It, on the spot, it was just fantastic. That feels very concierge-like. Yeah, mm. very much so. And, and just all about you and how they help you rather than one-way push um, or just trying to get a sale. Mm. A lot of the people we've interviewed talk, have talked about that um, the ability to give to give you, the people at the coalface, whether it's a call centre or a retail environment, the, the control or ability to make decisions in that moment. Did you feel like the Nike guy was just kind of getting on with it? Yeah, it could, it could do anything he needed to do and was empowered, which is really important as well. Often uh, you get in retail where it's just lots of rules and regulations and what mm. a team member can't do and half of the time they're trying to remember what they can and can't do rather than just empower them to help the customer. Mm. Yeah, they're absolutely the representation for me of the brand. Um, it, it, you often find actually uh, in retail that they are the last to know. Mm. You know, that we'll be posting stuff on social or sending out comms or, you know, printing and delivering stuff and they'll be the last, you know, often the customer will walk in with it and go, yeah. you know, where's this? And they're <laughs> like, well, I've not, I've not seen that ourselves. It's one of the biggest things I wanted to change when I got to Country Road was it was like that. We were just, they were just didn't know anything. I've um, photographed the three pairs of three-quarter trousers I'm going okay. to try on after we talk, uh, and I'm going to show the girls the pictures. So I'd be interested to know the connection between what I've found online and, and how easy it is to find in yeah. store. And we, and we, I'll, be, I'll be honest before you get there, but we've got a long way to go, but we get, we've got a lot better. And, uh, you know, relative for Australia, we're good. You know, you might mm. be interested to see how it goes. Yeah, I'll have to tell you. You know, compared to Topshop, I think we've still got a long way to go. Yeah, yeah. Um, so why do you think some brands are able to crack a great customer experience and others are not? Um, we've had people talk about CEOs and culture and um, all sorts of things. So why do you think some can and some can't? I think, almost going back to my earlier point, of some, some people get lost in... Beautiful systems, beautiful processes, ways of delivering, you know, making sure they've got a great pipe and spending a lot of money in how they get product from manufacture to, to the store in a really fast fashion and all the, those advantages you can get. But and often most people forget about the people involved mm. um, and whether, you know, we're 20% of our sales are online, so we're still working on about how do we even offer that level of service at an online level. We've got a... Um, a pretty good customer service level at the minute but we're always looking to improve how do we offer every type of mechanic of how you want to engage with us we'll answer you on most of the social platforms if not all but we haven't got to chat yet but that's where we want to get to next mm, as well so chat. yeah because it's just easy right mm. and, and and a lot of people like that quickness rather than having to phone up but we, it's about offering all the different types of how you want to engage and then what most people then forget as well is that you know 80% of our sales are still in store and most of the time, the team members, like I've said earlier, aren't educated well enough, they aren't mm. engaged well enough, they aren't excited, and often they've got more rules and regulations of what they can and can't do than how they just focus on serving the customer. And often, we, we, obviously, we can make things very complicated about where stuff's put up, how you put it up, not really considering, actually, the, the team members there not to do task, but really there to go and serve the customer. Mm. I um I was on a website today and I had a question chat came up and I just asked my question I don't know how to do this and they sent me two links I read them they weren't like I didn't have to read loads of pages yeah. it was like three sentences and I solved my problem really quickly it's just it's so easy it is 
I'm pretty sure that was automated, but anyway, it felt personal. Um, do you, Get used to that. Yeah, no, no, I don't mind robots. Um, do you think um, building on your, what you're saying about why some can do it and why some brands can't, do you think brand, because in the old days we used to map customer experiences, mm-hmm. um, and yes, it was a lin- more linear um, journey, but do you think brands have stopped doing that and therefore can't realise what's important and what's not? Uh, so, some some brands have, and I've, I've definitely experienced that in uh, in previous uh, businesses I've been at. I think some brands all will o- overcomplicate it as well, mm. and will pay a lot of money to consultants to come and do lots of different uh, journey maps of how and when and, and thing. And you need to understand the importance of what channels are playing, but they're playing and what roles they're playing in, in, on that journey. But I think you can get a little bit lost sometimes and overcomplicate things and mm. not again it most people will lead this into forgetting about the customer and focusing on the wrong area focusing on a journey rather than focusing on what the customer is doing in that journey and therefore what you need to do um and going to the experience piece as well you know you you mentioned getting a link and through a bot what i what excites me is when i see we get question posts on our social media and before we've had a chance to respond and we've got a pretty good response rate to do that someone on the community has already jumped in and answered Mm -hmm. that as well that's when you know you're beginning to really win and do well in a space is when the community starts behaving with you as a brand yeah yeah I love that Um, so as you know we believe in customer intimacy at Brand Hook um, and we think that that actually drives proper competitive edge Um, that face to face you know when you can see the expression on their face when they're putting on a pair of trousers really gives you insight into what you need to be doing Um, how are you developing that intimacy with your customers? So we are working on a number of things. So different people playing different roles in the store. Now we've got different sized stores. We've got flagships that carry all four major divisions at home, women's man and, and child. And then we've got some smaller stores as well. So it does differ slightly depending on the, the scale of the store. But having certain people now play a little bit different roles, we've still got generalists who can do everything and move around. But mm. you know, who's meeting at the door? Who's explaining if there's a question or how you navigate through a big store like a Chadston, South Yarrow, where everything's in there? Um, what's the role of the person in the fitting room and really much around how they help that person so wrong size or what do they need to go with that and helping that experience so that you're not having to come out and do that on your own Um, and then uh, different people around sort of more the cash wrap area around where's the stock if they haven't got the size what do we do in that sort of space so rather than just yeah that everyone gets trained and has a general level of skill set and then getting specialists now within our stores is really important mm. to elevate that store in the same ways and, and and then also if you if you move around the store what do you need to do and how you build a homewares look versus how you uh, create an outfit in women's wear is very different so we actually have people who are specialists by area as well so are you getting feedback from the store workers what do we call store people these team days? members team members sorry are we are you getting feedback from the team members to you know on what is working from a customer perspective is there kind of a, a closed loop on that yes so we've got we've got a couple of them we've obviously got a, a promoter score that we get feedback so we get a report on a Monday morning of all our customer um, service feedback all inputs from uh, um, every touch point that we get feedback from the customer comes through to that it gets proportioned out relative and we can do that by store so the team members all get that and then we also get a team report as well that comes back via the stores of what's happening okay. what, what are they not listening we obviously have a weekly um, trade meeting on Monday where that feedback's fed through but we also always uh, walk a store on a Monday morning as well and listen to what that store and that team member's got to say about right. what, what have they heard that week what's working what's not working 
Um, and that qualitative piece is really important. Obviously, it's one store. We have to reference that sometimes if it's a particular thing about a trend or anything like that. But we're absolutely listening of what's worked, what's not. We will even change a layout of that store that week if we feel like it's not working, the customer isn't getting it, but we've made something confusing, etc. in how we've even potentially laid out the store from a VM set. Ah, so you, you all do that on a Yes, way. yep, yep. Uh, from Darren, who's the MD of Country Road, all, uh, all key um, stakeholders within the business, well, we'll walk around that store um, by, by what we call division, so by each major category yeah, right. of the store. Brilliant. The store manager will give us the overview, and then we go by department. Yeah, right. That's really impressive. I spoke to the girls at NAB, and they said they're having 900, because it's massive, 900 huddle, customer huddles wow. every week. Um, and they do that, you know, different pockets of the business will do that. So they'll feedback the MPS data. Yeah. Um, and then they need to sit down and discuss it and kind of look at the implications of it. So, yeah. yeah, I love all that. Wow. How, they, how are they doing that? 900? Well, yeah, they've operationalized it, wow, which I think that's is amazing. Really yeah, it's impressive. Yeah. Um, so you talked about measuring um, success of customer intimacy through NPS. Are there any other metrics that you would, like on your dashboard, that you get judged on? Or Oh, you know, a lot of the usual. So, um how many customers are coming through the door, um, how many of those converting from a commercial point of view, um, same on the site, um, you know, what's happening, where they're behaving, where are they dropping off, uh, how length of time. So nothing nothing out, the, uh, out of the ordinary. Um, and I think we could do better. We, I think we can, we're striving to always get better and how we listen and can engage more. Mm. Um, I think the biggest one for me now more and more is with all those different touch points we've got, how do we keep abreast of all that and allow that feedback to come through to the right people so we can yeah. action it, it, yeah, it yeah. it's becoming more complex and the to your point earlier about bots and where you're talking to a human being or not that will even um make that it will make it easier in the short term in that it will probably be able to segregate and provide that data in a more insightful way but there's a risk also that it's got to get through to a human being at some point to be able to really make in use of that insight yes that's right and i i um I struggle a little bit with the amount of data that organisations have put into their business mm-hmm. um, because I see a lot of that, you know, you just go, oh, okay, uh, that one looks bad, I'll ring and find out what's happened there. But in terms of getting granular into unearthing why, I just don't think NPS really does that. Like, it might give you an indicator, um, a bit like a brand tracking metric. You can kind of work out, well, do people like us or not? But you don't really know why and you don't know who said that. And um, I think that contextual insight um, we've lost in this desire for big numbers. And we're, we're a little bit lucky, and it's actually really uh, good. I've not had this experience before, even when I was at Target with flybys. Flybys wasn't as penetrated in that business as it would have been like a Coles, because Coles can really get into that granular data, and, and, and we can, you know... A, most of our customers are known to us yes. because of the cardholder program. So that allows us to really understand mm. that. But I still, I think you've made a very good point of, you can understand that, but what do you do from the, uh, from that is the really important thing. And you know, we've been doing a lot of qual work. We've been doing a, lo- a lot of listening. And I think if anything, we need to do more. And it's about how we now start to invite them in and give them access. There's a number of initiatives we're looking at about how we give them a future look mm. and have a point of view from our, as pati- particularly for us as a brand we're quite an old brand relative and therefore we've got quite a strong core what I call fan base community Mm. and they're very vocal but I don't think they've had the right level of ways to execute that vocalness before now Mm. we're going to work on how we actually allow them to have a point of view Mm. doesn't mean we always apply it because you've You've got to have a bit of a future lens, mm. especially with products and stuff, but we want to get their view more and more mm. because they're, they're 
it's their brand more than ours. Mm. We're just here to deliver it for them. Yeah, well, we're not in control anymore. No. Um, last two questions. What technology or trend are you most excited by in, in how, what you could implement in your customer experience? Um, I'm most excited about, and it might be a bit strange because some people really struggle with it, but I'm most excited about how we can start to automate comms so it allows that personalization piece. Mm. Not because I don't want to, I, I want to get creepy and, 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 and especially if someone walks into the store, we know where they are and we can serve stuff up to them. More because it, and two things, it allows a more personalized experience if we get it right and there's, there's a journey to doing that. But what it allows the people who are normally doing that uh, process of work now, it will free them up to deliver and think and get to a better level of experience. Mm. That's the most exciting bit. It's going to, uh, you know, we've got a lot of people still doing quite uh, systems that could be automated, yeah. and that's coming. It's not, yeah. you know, we're in the inf- we're in the in the moment of it now. We're already started it, so allowing those people to do and elevate and give us a better brand overall brand experience for our customers is what excites yeah, me yeah and I don't think anyone would say no to a more tailored experience especially in retail yeah because you get to a certain point where you, you kind of know your look yes. and you just want someone to hand it to you yeah. yeah and what you know what's the move on you know we've been doing some stuff where we've had to do it right you, you bought this last year this is that next version of that and the move on or the next new print or the next new yeah. colour palette. If that can all be done, then we can get into doing stuff even more exciting so, yeah. Yeah, and use, use the people even better. Yeah, yeah. One day you might be actually printing dresses. <laughs> I want this <laughs> yeah. print in You're right. No, design. You're, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <coughs> the, the 3D printer for other stuff, mm. is. we're using it for homewares. We mock up stuff using 3D printers at the moment. Yeah, at some wow. point you might be ordering the real thing at a store. There is a yeah I know there is a girl who did, she did a whole catwalk uh, catwalk um, season with printer dresses. Oh really? Yeah. Wow! Yeah. Yes. yeah, that's amazing. Um, so your last question: If you had a magic wand, what would be the one thing you'd change about your customer experience? Oh, the magic! If I'm on it, real magic wand, I'd elevate all our stores. You know, we, it, the, the challenge with retail is, you know, when you talk about capital and how you spend your money, you've only got so much to spend each year. And we're, we're an oldish brand, so I think that some of our stores need some love. And I would elevate those so that you walk in and it's a beautiful experience. I'd, I'd, we've got to a good point with our team members. We're always looking to strive and impress, but the visual aesthetic and how it, that mm. piece linked with our team members would be perfect for me. Where would you get your inspiration from in terms of elevating? Australia. Oh, really? Yeah, we, we, we've... We, we sort of went a little bit to overseas influence and inspiration and we're an mm. Australian brand and some of the stuff that you'll see coming in the in, and is already in the stores now but you'll see it more and more is you know if we see a colour palette and what's trending what might have come out of um, shows or fairs in Paris or wherever in, in, if it's about a certain colour green we're now looking at well where do we, what's the Australian version of that green is it mm. eucalyptus is it we're an Australian brand and we should be having an Australian point of view of, within the fashion space of what's happening out there. And so our, our, if you see our new store that we open in Melbourne Central next week, next Thursday on the 17th, that's inspired through Australian materials, Australian look. In, you should get a bit of a, a romance of what it was like growing up in Australia over the last few, a few decades. How does that work for new Australians? Like, how does... I, because we are a, a, such a mix of cultures mm. here. I mean, you yeah. know, ha- only half of us were born here in this room. <laughs> but but we all have a sense of Australia. We're all here because we love Australia. There is a picture of Australia. But how how does that work for the new Australians? 
It's a really good question because actually it's evolving all mm. the time. And if you look at what Stephen Bennett did and how the, the business was set up originally, he had a particular point of view of Australia at that time and it, mm. he, he evolved it over the decades. And our job now is the next level, next years of brand custodians is to evolve it again. And there's a little bit of, right now for us, there's a little bit of urbanisation, a bit of metroness coming, that that's the next evolve for Country Road. And that we have to pay that back. And that's what we're constantly exploring and discovering of what does modern Australia mean right now? Because mm. it'll mean something else in another 10 years. Mm. So we do, that's how we keep the brand relevant. But I think we've got to keep playing that back and, and, and inspiring about what modern Australia should be in the living and, and point of view of that and getting inspiration from everything we see around us, whether it's a colour palette, whether it's how people are living their lives mm. and how we help them do that. And it, you have to see that... Ev- eventually in the fashion don't you oh absolutely absolutely correct yeah. you'll have to yeah. we'll have to see different sizes you'll have to see different yeah culture clothes yeah. well we're, we're doing a piece just on the sizing piece and analysis now of size curves because you're right size curves have changed mm. they are will continue to change and we have to evolve and adapt that to australia but you know we also operate in south africa new zealand uh, we've got uh, our, our site that works overseas we have overseas sales so the other piece is we also have to play what modern Australia looks like and feels like right now, external to Australia. And I think that's a huge opportunity for us. I feel like in retail we've lost that, uh, you know, because you are in that perfect position. Like even when we've done work together and the love letters we get from the customers, yeah. I mean, it's incredible, the yeah. love for the brand. And I've often said this to you that, you know, you are in that unique position where there's a lot of love. Um, and I feel like retail in Australia has been so dominated by the international players and we haven't really stood up for ourselves. No, we haven't. And that's the opportunity. And, and to also project it further outwards, we absolutely... And that, you know, the international guys do some great stuff and they've got some great models of how they work and the, what they do. Uh, the other bit for me is how we turn up as well is really important in, mm. in, a, in you know, whatever happens and people can predict online offline all that sort of stuff and people have got it wrong and right amazon have started going physical it's all very interesting and you, mm. you, if you were a betting man it'd be very hard to where you put your money right now but when we turn up now it's very much about what's our point of view in that community if you look at what we did in sorrento or albert park um or what we'll do in, in other stores what we did in pack fair in in queensland we turn up and reflect the community there mm. it's not a vanilla box that just turns up uh, all white and then we just put racks of clothes in there yeah. the Albert Park is in a, a, a beautiful old building that we restored there and we've kept that aesthetic the same for Sorrento and mm. in Pack Fair we represented a very Aust- uh, Australian Queensland style house mm. and have that point of view and reflect the local community have mm. a coffee shop do what n- that doesn't fit it's not a one size fits all no. we really need to look at what's our role in that community yeah. and even we've started we partnered with the the, uh, the brands and different um, uh, people around there, like the florist or whoever. So yeah, yeah, that's really important. That. Tapping into the community. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, thank you, Cole. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank and you very much. we'll be back next week with another great episode. See ya.